0: John Orberg, in his book a few years ago called It All Goes Back in the Box, retells this story in a modern setting. There was a man who built up his business in the Silicon Valley, and the business was going very well. And to build his business, he neglected his wife, he neglected his children, but he said to himself one day, I'll be wealthy enough to retire, and then I can devote time and attention to them. <laughs> well, as it turned out, his comptroller told him one Uh, day as they looked at numbers together that there was a deal they could make an acquisition they could make and with that acquisition they could all end up being fabulously rich after they sold them the company and they could all retire and go to florida or the bahamas and so ignoring the pleas of his wife and family he set about himself to make this one big deal one night He's pouring over the numbers, and his wife said to him at 11 o'clock, you know, I'm going to bed. And he said, well, I'll be there in a while. He stayed up, poured over the numbers, looking, because he knew just one more big deal. <clears throat> and it could, he could retire. Florida, the Bahamas. He would go and then spend time with his wife and his family. About 2 in the morning, she woke up, and she noticed that he wasn't in bed beside her. So she got up, and sure enough, there he was in the office, slumped over his computer, and she thought, you know, just like a kid with a new toy, just playing and playing with it until they fell asleep. And she shook him, but there was no response. He had died. Well, a few days later, in the Bay Area of California, they had a very large funeral. Business leaders from all over the community attended, and speaker after speaker lauded his great works. They called him a market leader, an innovator. Everyone who spoke agreed he was a great success. And you know, he would have loved what they were saying had he only been alive to hear it. But after the funeral was over, when the dirt was still fresh on the grave, the finger of God through the graveyard came and wrote this word in the fresh dirt over the man's grave. Fool. What is it? That made the man in the ancient parable of Jesus and the modern man in the parable of the Silicon Valley. What was it that made them a fool? Well, my hunch is this. That both of them had something in common. They acted out of a certain uh, belief and uncertainty. That life, because it's shaky at best, uh, requires us to grab all that we can while we can grab it. To tear down our barns and build bigger ones while we can still do it as a hedge against all the changes and uncertainty that life brings. Now, you and I know firsthand the uncertainty of life. I remember when I first uh, talked with you about this book back in December 2007, I had no idea that within months and under a year, a lot of what I'd counted on, what you had counted on for retirement and investments just went down. The toilet. Life is uncertain. I get that. But when we give in to uncertainty, one of the things that happens is this. We can tend to act out of uncertainty in ways that make us very competitive with others. Look at what happened. These are two brothers. They grow up in the same family and they're at odds. One says to Jesus, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Two people from the same family divided both because they want more. That sort of competition is devastating, but it often springs from some sense of uncertainty in our life and and some feeling that we better, whatever's out there, get more of it while we can. In the great book on raising children called Siblings Without Rivalry, uh, the author tells about a time when she playfully tossed ice to one of her children. Well, the other child wanted ice. So the first child wanted more ice. Well, then the other child wanted more ice. And they each kept clamoring for more ice. And they were turning blue and in great pain, freezing. But they called for more, more ice. And she noted how their competition with one another had even led them to desire more of what would actually be their undoing. That can happen. Act out of uncertainty and we become competitors with everyone around us. Not sure there's enough gasoline and you watch people line up at the pump or not sure there's enough. And we compete one with another. And it it leads to people also uh, becoming greedy. And Jesus said, beware of greed. Beware of greed. Watch out for that. Ellie Wiesel tells um, a great story, a sad story. Uh, what the Nazis would do to entertain themselves is when they were uh, taking, loading, and unloading, and traveling with boxcars of Jews that were, they were taking to the concentration camp, they would occasionally throw in a piece of bread to the starving people in the boxcar. And one day they threw some bread in there and a mad scramble ensued. People piling on one to another. And Visel talks about an older man who goes for the bread... And another man beating him and choking him to get the bread from it. And the older man looks at the younger man and he says, Son, I was getting this for you. He was trying to get bread for his own child and his child killed him in the fight for the bread. And that happens. Act out of uncertainty and we will undo ourselves. And the people who lived in Jesus, they had seen this. They knew what it looked like. It looked like King Herod. Scholars tell us that King Herod was the richest man in the world, far richer than uh, Caesar in Rome. He had nine palaces. Caesar had one. In fact, many scholars and experts believe that uh, Herod would be many times richer than the wealthiest person on our planet today. But what happened when he died? All of his stuff was given to his kids who were incompetent and inept, and they just watched everything that Herod had built, including his palaces, start to unravel. They knew what it looked like when people acted out of this sort of greed and uncertainty. Well, what would what a wise person do? Well, I want to suggest a wise person will act out of a few certainties that we know in life. The first certainty is this, that whatever we have is not ours. It came from God. Now, notice the way that Jesus tells the parable. Jesus doesn't say a man grew a great crop. He said... The land of a rich man yielded an abundant harvest. In other words, Jesus is saying this rich guy didn't even have much to do with it. He just got the right piece of land under the right conditions, put it in at the right time, and there it came. He, it wasn't even due to his brilliance or his hard work. And I think wise people understand that what they have is it's just a gift, Maybe even an accident. Did you see the business section in the San Antonio paper yesterday? Saw about that guy and uh, one of the multimillionaires in Texas. I think there's 18 of them who are petitioning the government asking for higher taxes on multimillionaires. And when he's commenting about it, this is what he said. You know, he says athletes and movie stars get paid way out of proportion to what they're worth. He said nobody's worth that. And then he goes on to say most of us who are wealthy just inherited it. Or we got lucky with a certain patent or invention. The reality is those who have are not that much brighter or more deserving than those who don't. I was born in California. What if I'd been born in Burundi in Africa? Do you think I would have driven here today? Do you think I would have this suit to wear? It's an accident. It's a gift. And wise people understand that it starts from the hand of God. It doesn't start from your own hand or your own Mind. The second thing I think wise people recognize is that we're all going to die. That one day, just like the fool, we're going to die. See, the fool's problem was he never asked, and then what? I'm going to build all these barns, I'm going to put all the grain into the barn, and then what? What are the possibilities? Well, one of them is you're not going to be around. I mean, eventually it happens to all of us. I love what Dr. Bernie Siegel said once on PBS. He said, You know, I've done the research. I've done the research, and I can assure you, everybody dies. He said, smokers and non-smokers. Athletes, non-athletes. He said, everybody dies. He said, I tell you this, so those of you who get up at 5 o'clock every morning and eat only vegetables will occasionally sleep in and have an ice cream cone. I mean, it, it happens to all of us. And I share that with you because the reality is, when that happens, the barns that you've built are no longer yours. You will not be able to take them with you. I think John Ortberg illustrates this wonderfully in a story I've told you before. He talks about his friend who's a psychologist. His name is John. And uh, John grew up in California but would go back to the north to visit his grandmother for two weeks every summer. And his grandmother, a wonderful uh, woman, a widow who had raised two children pretty much uh, on her own, uh, taught him to play Monopoly. The problem was he liked the money. He liked putting it in neat stacks and counting it over and over again. While his grandmother understood it was about buying property and putting hotels on the property and getting utilities and and the railroads. And she would always win. And when they'd finish the game, she'd always say, well, Johnny, one day you're going to learn how to play this game. Well, Johnny, one day got a new neighbor back in California. And they started playing Monopoly every day together. He said, I learned how to play. And he said, I learned it was an all-out game of acquisition. He said, I couldn't wait to go back to my grandmother's house that summer. And sure enough, we start playing. And he said, and I remember when I had her. He said, my grandmother, a proud woman who had raised my mother and another uh, child all by herself. He said, I broke her. He said, it was the happiest day of my life. I still remember where it was. It was at Marvin Gardens. He said, but my grandmother wasn't finished teaching me. When the game was over, she took her apron and she swept all the money, all the hotels, all the utilities, the railroads, all off the board into the box. And she said, now, Johnny, it all goes back in the box and someone else gets to use it next time. I mean, that's what the fool didn't understand. It all goes back in the box. In one moment, it's not yours anymore if you ever thought it was. I get in my car, I drive away from here, someone runs a red light. It all goes back in the box. I walk my dog on the trail, there's a pain in my chest. It all goes back in the box. The certainty is that whatever we have is from God. The certainty is one day we're going to die, and even what we had to use is not going with us. And the wise person understands those certainties and then finally understands the certainty that whatever God did give us, God's going to want to know what we did with it. Look how many parables in the Bible there are about a master that goes away and then comes back and wants to know what you did with what the master left you. And one day we got to explain the barns. I just don't think God's going to be real impressed with how big our barn was, how much grain we were able able to shove in it. Don't think those are the answers that God is looking for. One day, it all goes back in the box. And what then? The wise person understands that certainty and begins to see their life not as a matter of collecting, but a matter of sharing. Sees life not in abundance of possessions, but life as an opportunity to invest in things that go on and go on eternally Things that bless other people. Probably read a few years ago about the New Jersey philanthropist who shortly before his death gave away $600 million to a, a, a charity hospital and a university. And when they asked him about it, when he made the gift, this is what he said. Well, no one can wear two pairs of shoes at one time. He knew that it wasn't about collecting bigger barns. It was about giving and investing in others. Because one day the fact of the matter is the game's over. It all goes back in the box and we get to say what we did with it while we had it. Great missionary Jim Elliot once made this observation. A person is no fool who gives away what he cannot keep in order to gain What he cannot lose. May we be found wise.